I have to be honest with you. I've been avoiding recording this episode for quite some time now because it's an emotional roller coaster for me. I can't put off doing this though because the longer I wait to unravel the events of this day, the harder it will be for me to recall. And my memory is my strongest asset right now. Plus, I have essentially zero information and notes about this day in my diary. Thank you for your help, old Adriana. But this is a common occurrence with me to tell you the truth. Every time I'm going through a difficult period, I start to shut down emotionally and deny the pain and sadness that is building up inside of me like a volcano. So I tend to avoid documenting this in my diary in the hopes that future Adriana will forget about these not-so-fabulous events. People always say you should write about your emotions as some kind of cathartic exercise. I do believe in this, yet I refuse to follow it. Wait, I'm doing a podcast about my feelings, aren't I? What a walking contradiction I am. Well, before we really get into this whirlwind of a day, allow me to refresh your memory. So remember that Monday night after the crazy weekend of Santiago changing his mind about meeting up? Well, we're in December, it's the final week of classes, and we're preparing for exams. At this point in the timeline, I have three weeks until my flight to Italy, and roughly two weeks until Christmas. Things were finally coming to a close, and I was astonished that I had managed to keep everything in check. Well, at least for the time being. Apparently, some bombs like to go off at the last minute. That's why they're frightening. You simply can't predict when destruction will hit. Okay, ready? It's Tuesday, 3 a.m. And keep in mind that the Friday a few days before was that same day I received that text from Santiago. So at this point in the timeline, he is still in the mix. But anyways, 3 a.m. on a Tuesday, and I can't sleep. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm confused about Santiago and his inability to make up his fucking mind. Or maybe it's because deep down inside of me, I can't come to terms with the fact that I'll soon be leaving the country indefinitely and will finally be able to see my boyfriend. Well, regardless, I'm awake at 3am and I decide to open WhatsApp. My boyfriend sees that I'm online. Incoming call. Hello? Hey, sweetie. We talked for two hours. Yeah, that's right. Two solid hours. He even had me speak to his mom for a little bit, which I had never done before. And then he sang me a song about a man waiting for his lover to come home. I was slowly drifting off into sleep as I listened to the hum of his voice. I told him a fairy tale story that I made up on the spot, and he laughed at everything I said. It made me really happy to hear him laughing. I could just imagine him lying on his bed with a huge grin on his face holding his phone to his ear. It was one of the most beautiful phone calls I have ever had. Which is what makes the following information all the more confusing and astonishing. We ended the call around 5am so I could go take a shower. I went to my first class, worked out a little, and then called my father to discuss my scholarship for the upcoming semester. Pretty basic day. Then, at 10am in the morning, I get a text. Adriana. That was all my boyfriend texted me. Just my name staring back at me. He had only done this a few times in the past, and it was always when he needed to say something serious or was overthinking a situation. I immediately froze. How the fuck do I respond to this? So all I said was, oh my god, I'm scared, what is it? Why are you always scared? 
Because I know you, and I know that this means something is wrong. Please just tell me what's going on. Well, you're right. I don't feel very good. Do you have time to talk? Okay, do not laugh and say this again that you don't feel very good. Don't tell me to say something serious after a two-hour call. I mean, what the hell did we just do? I'm genuinely scared. I hate when you play with my feelings and take advantage of my vulnerability. Also, no, I do not have time to talk because I have class in an hour, and I am tired of your drama getting in the way of me pursuing my education. You are giving me such a scare with your not feeling good. About what, motherfucker? Tell me, about what? Another incoming call. I let him do all the talking. I wanted to hear him lay out the situation for me and give me enough time to really develop my argument. But you want to know something funny? I honestly don't even remember much of what he said because I genuinely wasn't listening attentively. I didn't need to. I already knew what was going to happen, and I had felt this coming within me for a long time. A little voice in my head was quietly whispering, I told you so. My internal emotional support system had been preparing for this moment in the previous four and a half months. I had been anticipating this moment for far too long, and now that it was finally happening, I felt so numb and detached that his words only slightly molded themselves into my memory. This is what I can remember, that he said. Sweetie, I've been thinking, and well, I just don't know what we're doing anymore. I was thinking about how you're coming so soon, but I'm used to waiting for you. It's so weird to think that you'll be here soon and that I'll see you. I want to see you, but how often will I be able to see you? I have to work and I have school, and you'll be in a different country. I don't know when I can come and see you, and I just don't know. Maybe you've changed. I think you've changed, and I've changed. Like, how are we going to make this work? This isn't going to be easy. I don't know what to do because I care about you, but I'm so confused, you know? You have to know that I don't want to hurt you, really. I don't mean to hurt you, but I think it's better to say how I really feel instead of pretending that I feel okay about everything. Because I would rather know the truth than have to hide the truth from you, even if it hurts. Are you done, or do you have more to say? Because I have a question to ask you. And that's when I asked him if he still loved me. Complete silence. At this point, he didn't even need to tell me his response. In fact, I already knew his response before I asked him, but I just needed to say it. I wanted to test the waters, and a part of me wanted to experience that burning pain you get in your gut when the person you love tells you that they no longer love you. I wanted to get on that Romeo and Juliet shit, you know? It was time to be melodramatic and give this epic story an epic ending. And he says, I don't know if I still love you. That's the weird thing. Well, that is not good enough for me. So I told him I had something to tell him, and I needed him to let me finish fucking speaking before he interrupted me. Now allow me to set the scene here for a moment. On this particular Tuesday, the weather was absolutely gorgeous, and the campus was full of students eager for the end of classes and the arrival of Christmas break. It was unusually warm for December, and I was feeling incredibly good-looking in my new low-cut European heather gray coat. Okay, I know that was an unnecessarily long description for a coat, but trust me, it's fine. Before I took the call, I had started walking around the main quad of the campus, and I was feeling pretty peaceful and happy, really and truly, and I needed that before I took his call. While he was explaining his feelings to me over the phone, I continued to walk around the quad and stopped every once in a while to admire a particular tree 
or a group of students huddled around a textbook together. Okay, that's a lie. They were probably either huddled around some donuts or laptops watching funny cat videos. And I know there were definitely a few early smokers rolling some joints. But anyways, what stood out to me the most was the giant American flag waving in the wind in the center of the quad. The wind was blowing just enough so that you could catch the flicker of a few of the stars. Otherwise, the flag was pretty limp, but it was still there, regardless. As he went on and on about his uncertainty and over-analysis about our relationship, I was smiling. You want to know why? Because a part of me felt the chains around my body loosening and an overwhelming sense of liberation flooded over me. I realized that if this guy wasn't going to be able to wait for me to come back, then he wasn't worth my time and he wasn't worth my love. I realized that this day and these feelings were going to be a learning experience for me. Love is all about learning and I needed to embrace that. This was my moment to be strong and remember my values and what was important to me. I needed to prove to my inner self that no man was going to change my ideals and distract me from pursuing my goals and following what I believed to be right. He was suffocating me with his overthinking and uncertainty about how he felt. And that is why I needed him to tell me that he stopped loving me. Maybe I stopped loving him too, I don't know, love is complicated. But if you are not willing to fight for something or to see something to its end, then you must not care enough. At this point, it wasn't so important to me whether he loved me, but whether he was willing to wait for me and whether he was willing to see what would happen. Waiting is the first thing that I learned from love. To wait is to have hope and I doubted whether he had any left within him. I honestly didn't know if I had any left either. And so this is what I said to him that day. I knew this was going to happen. Something inside me told me that you were going to do this. I feel like I have wasted time with you. I have wasted energy, words, letters, and love with you. Do you remember when I told you that I didn't deserve you back in France? Well, you know what? You don't deserve me. You don't. I have made so many sacrifices for you. I don't think that you're willing to make the same sacrifices for me. And let's be honest, you don't have the resources or the ability to come see me. And I told you I'm not going to be like your other girlfriends and come visit you for coffee. So here's what's going to happen. After this phone call, I'm going to delete your number, unfriend you from Facebook, and get rid of any other form of communication that I have with you. I'm not doing this because I don't want to see you. Of course I want to see you, but I can't. I don't think that my heart would be able to take it. I can't believe that after six months, I only have three weeks before I return to Europe, and all I really wanted was to see you when I came back. There was no pressure to continue this relationship, and I'm disappointed that with only three weeks left to go, you decide to drop this on me. You know what? You fucked everything up, and you're gonna have to live with this decision that you made. You lost me today. You just couldn't wait, could you? You lost me and you destroyed whatever future we could have had. He started to cry. What he said through the tears is somewhere lost in the past. I don't remember anything he said, really. I just remember staring at the American flag and trying to erase his face from my memory. His voice was cracking. I could hear him sniffling, but for some reason I had no urge to cry. Maybe it was because I was too cold and numb for the sensation of losing someone that I loved. He finished talking. I said, I'm late for class. I have nothing else to say to you. Goodbye. 
I hung up before he had time to respond. And as I had told him, I immediately deleted his number, deleted our texts, deleted my call history, deleted our photos, the videos, the voice recordings, the songs, the everything. But I still have his sweater and the handwritten letters. The rest of the day is a big blur. What I do remember is that I kept telling myself that I had made the right decision and that I was proud of the way that I handled everything. I don't think that the whole breakup had actually sunk into me yet at that point. Breakups are strange. You are suddenly drowning in all of these different emotions and you know that on the one hand you have to be strong and not let this affect your daily life. But on the other hand, you know that you can't avoid confronting these emotions forever. Whether you decide to come to terms with the breakup in the beginning or later really depends on the kind of person you are. Apparently, I was the kind that held things in and wanted so badly to come out victorious that I ignored how much I really loved him. I wanted to see myself as the winner of the relationship. I didn't want to allow myself to be hurt or to feel strong emotional pain because of something that a guy had done to me. For some reason, my biggest concern was attempting to appear stronger and more stable. I saw vulnerability and sentimentality as a weakness, and that's not okay. Listen, no one is victorious in a breakup. No one wins a breakup. That is a bunch of bullshit, excuse me, but it is. You don't just leave someone, erase them from your memory, move on with your life, and feel no stabbing pain in your heart. But being the person that I am, I pushed these feelings deep down inside of me. Thankfully, I was able to remain relatively calm and avoid emotional confrontation with myself. Well, for a little bit. A part of me also knew that this Tuesday morning drama wasn't going to be the last I heard from him. Our fairy tale romance had been extinguished, but our story wasn't entirely over. That irritating voice in the back of my brain kept repeating, You know he'll come crawling back. You know he'll come crawling back. They all do. Cause you didn't know that you're my favorite entertainer I watch you, I laugh, I whip with you Don't you take me for a fool In this game I own the rules You're my favorite entertainer I watch you, I laugh, I whip fake it too Don't you take me for a fool I'ma show you thing or two Never seen you coming, I 